Hello and welcome to another episode of Use of Force. Today we're going to discuss an incident that happened in 2015 and Mike is going to read the NYPD Use of Force Statement. Yes, the following occurred on June 18th, 2015. The name of the person involved was Oleg Cherniak. At approximately 13.17 hours on Thursday, June 18th, 2015, a police officer assigned to Transit District 34 was assigned to the queue line at Ocean Parkway within the confines of the 60th Precinct. The officer was advised of an assault in progress and observed the suspect fleeing from the location. After a short foot pursuit, the officer engaged the perpetrator at Seabreeze Avenue and West First Street. The perpetrator violently resisted arrest, produced a large knife, and stabbed the police officer in the right shoulder, causing a laceration. The police officer stepped back from the perpetrator and discharged two rounds from his service weapon, striking and stopping the perpetrator's advance. The officer's round struck the perpetrator in the chest, resulting in his demise. A large knife was recovered at the scene, directly in front of the deceased. The officer was removed to the hospital and admitted for his injuries. Subject toxicology revealed the presence of alcohol. So something that is a little bit different in this case than in others is that there are a lot of articles and most of the facts in each article line up with each other. Slight variation on certain things, but each article I read also had different quotes from people that witnessed this event, which I don't think I've seen very often. I guess it was a busy part of the day in that area. It was right when kids were getting home from school or on their way home, home from school because that was why the police officer was at the train stop. And we walked by there the other day. It is kind of a, seems like it could potentially be a busy corner. The train is there and the fruit stand is there. and. So I guess that's why there's a lot of witness quotes. But that was something I hadn't seen in the majority of these other incidents that we've covered. Yes. So one of the people that is quoted is the woman who got involved. So I guess the story is that Oleg was arguing to some extent with the fruit store vendor and an older woman got involved and said she was going to call the police and Oleg allegedly pushed her she started screaming, and then that's when the police arrived. 
Right. But it kind of, I guess the one discrepancy is whether it was a vocal argument or a physical argument between Oleg and the fruit stand vendor. And it's also, there's no, there was no reporting on what was actually going on there. Right. Other than it, it all kind of focuses on what happened after. Yeah. Another thing that seems to be a little unclear is the nature of the wounds of the officer. The early reporting suggests that he was stabbed in the neck, which obviously sounds quite dangerous and, and uh, life-threatening. And of course, uh, in the final police report, it's reported as a laceration on the neck, or on the shoulder, rather. Right. So... Yeah, and in different reporting, it says neck, shoulder, or neck and shoulder, or base of the neck, like different, my understand, or my assumption based on all the different reporting is that it's probably where the neck and the shoulder come together. Yeah. The other thing that was pretty standard in the reporting was that the bulletproof vest that the officer was wearing was thought to have protected him from the knife in some way, which also makes me think that it was closer to his shoulder in a way that it was where he was actually hit. Right. And upon release from the hospital, the officer was met by, I think it said in the in the reporting, uh, over a hundred police officers yeah. lined up in their in their blue outfits, in their blue finest, yeah, to applaud him. Yeah, and on top of that, he was also praised by the head lieutenant, the police, the main police chief, his commanding officer, and De Blasio. Right. They all praised him, called him a hero, and. Like, while, you know, while he was in the hospital. Yeah. And that's a little troubling for me. I recognize that I have to be aware of, like, what's an appropriate response or not for a hero or, you know, or I guess feel like that other people might have a differing understanding for what that is. And I respect it to that degree. My concern is just such a strong show makes it very difficult to have any dialogue about what's going on. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I certainly feel, you know, I'm glad that the I'm glad that the officer was okay, but I'm not happy that Oleg Cherniak was killed. I, I would, I think all these times when someone's labeled as a hero, it doesn't really line up to what my understanding of a hero is. I often 
would think if everybody makes it out alive, that would be more heroic in my mind. And I still don't know if I would even call that a hero. I would call that someone that's competent and doing their job and that I would want to keep doing their job. Yeah. And well, this, is a, this is a case that I, I personally am not sure of what the right moves would have been, even though, you know, I don't, I don't like that people are being killed by the police ever. I'm not sure what the right protocol for this particular thing is when, I mean, the police officer was stabbed. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Part of me still thinks like, shoot someone in the leg, not the chest, you know, like if someone's, like I think you could probably put, take somebody down without actually killing them if there was correct training on how to do that. Yeah. But this is like, every time I say something like that, I am speaking outside of my line of direct knowledge, so. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like there's some sort of adrenaline thing that's going on here that makes it harder to make those decisions. Of course, you're supposed to train out of that, I get it. But ultimately, this particular case feels like one where the there there is a strong case that he did the correct actions that there wasn't some sort of abuse that was going on and context matters in that this was f- fairly close enough to the Eric Garner incident right in that There is an article that references that this particular officer had tweeted with respect to referencing the Eric Garner incident that two cops in Bed-Stuy had been killed. Yeah. And his response to that was, they can't breathe now. Right. So... And if, I don't know, I think New York the show of all these police officers at his discharge may well be as much in response to damage control to their reputation from that incident still. To yeah. be able to have, because I don't know, I don't think they all showed up simultaneously of their own accord. That was probably a thing that was orchestrated by the union to make a good show of a, a thing that, you know, you, the, they could talk about in the media to say, look, look at this good thing that we did, you know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there's no way that all those officers knew this guy and just showed up all at the same time to see him out. You know? Yeah. Typically, you wouldn't even know when somebody's getting out of the hospital until maybe an hour before yeah so that 
it, it just strikes me as one of those things that I'm very wary of in all of these stories, which is the the fraternity, the the brotherhood of the blue. That's uh, yeah. That manipulates stories and uh, calls attention to some things in order to try and make up for other instances. Yeah, it to me it reads as just creating more divisiveness and acting defensively. Uh, the the timeline on the things you were just talking about, people probably, if they're in New York, remember this, but uh, otherwise might not. Eric Garner was killed, and then two police officers were killed in bed and then this happened, and that was all within a year and a half. Yeah. And yeah, that I think that tweet by Officer Filippo Gugliara, who was the one that we are talking about now in this incident, it's not, I, I don't think it's appropriate to, I, I, I understand being upset about the officers being killed. I'm upset about that. I don't think that it helps the situation to have police officers killed in their squad car when they're sitting and, you know, not, I guess they weren't paying attention to some degree, but whatever, it doesn't help. I don't feel good about that. I don't think most people in their right mind feel good about people being murdered, but I don't think most people in their right mind should feel good about someone else being murdered. Eric Garner or Oleg Cherniak, you know, I don't feel good about anybody being killed and taking the words that someone used and then twisting it to be about something else. It, it's just, it adds to the divisiveness. I think you can be upset that Eric Garner was killed and I think you can let the I can't breathe sentence be respect for him and let that be used for the people that are speaking about him and that incident and there are so many other words to use to talk about your feelings of upset that two officers were killed yeah and we should point out as well with respect to the Cherniak family they had a press conference or spoke to the the press and right and they were obviously very distraught right. and also did not believe that this was in their husband's father's nature right to do such a thing yeah and, the the story from the family was that he was not a violent man the reason he had the knife is because he often carried a lot of cash for work and was worried about being robbed and wanted to protect himself. Yeah. And this is an instance where we talk about it most every week 
they, in the use of force reports, report on if there was any intoxicants in the system of the victim and there was mention that alcohol was present. And, you know, that obviously makes me less inclined to, you know, think that whatever they're saying about this man has credence. I, it's unfortunate, yeah. but, you know, if it's 10 in the morning and this series of things happen and I'm told that this person's drunk, it, you know, I'm naturally inclined to think that, that this is the culprit for all these problems. Yeah, I agree, and I, I know that, you know, I, at the same time, I can think of many different ways that someone gets drunk and, and or, you know, alcohol being in the system doesn't necessarily mean that he was drunk. But yep. if he was, I think a 58-year-old man that's intoxicated stabbing a 24-year-old police officer that's trained to handle violent situations. I, I do, it makes me wonder, like, why did it end the way it did? I know some people, when they're drunk, get more aggressive and violent and stronger. But then, I, you know, I also think about drunk people that are kind of unable to manage their body and falling over and, like, I don't know. I just, I wish there was more... When I see, oh, there was alcohol in the system, and then nobody mentions that in any of the reporting, there's no explanation as to what that means or why that's included, or how that was potentially playing a part in this person's personality. I, it just leaves a lot of questions unanswered. Yeah. I think the one other thing I want to say about this one, because it's the first time that I read something like this, the, and it, it kind of goes back to the hero talk for a moment, but after this all happened, the next Father's Day at a church in Bensonhurst, St. Anthanasius, the Monsignor David Casado at that church, who is also an NYPD chaplain, asked Officer Gugliara to come up to the front to say some words. He spoke about feeling, you know, lucky that he was still alive, feeling like his mother who had passed was there watching over him at that time during this incident. And then the Monsignor brought Gugliara as well as a number of other officers who were in attendance at this church service into a separate room to give them a special blessing of protection. Which that in itself, I have no problem with. I think that's, you know, if you're religious and you feel like this is part of your world and your way of feeling like you're safe and if you you know that's great I think that's great to have some kind of understanding there for yourself what does bother me about that is the idea that there's a 
a church figure also calling this person a hero. And in no place in the reporting on that was there any mention of the person that he had killed. And when I think of what a church is supposed to be with, you know, giving giving you a chance to repent for your sins and giving people forgiveness and understanding that every life is important is what I hear from church people. But then to only be happy that this officer is okay and alive and not really mention the person that was killed in this incident is a little troubling and confusing to me and and makes me feel like there's something that doesn't quite line up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the understanding of, you know, religion is justice. And so this person that was committing this crime is painted in a pretty broad brush as being the one in the wrong here. Doesn't make it correct, but that's just kind of that uh, black-white justice brain that's being on display here. And you know, it's it's not even really entirely clear. A lot of times during the use of force reports, there will be uh, criminal uh, rap sheets also enumerated. Right. And that was not the case here. And I don't know if that's because Oleg was white and they didn't think to add it here or they didn't feel they needed more justification or he didn't have one. Yeah, if actually in my reading, I did read that he had one prior run in with a closed file. Okay. So I wonder if they're not allowed to add that because it's a closed file or what but it it was it's peculiar that they didn't that they don't add anything like that but also it's you know if there was nothing going on that was worth being public record then you know that this person maybe you know wasn't a bad person and if he wasn't a bad person then they are worthy of more regard in in post-death than what is being given. Yeah, and even if they were a quote-unquote bad person, I think when someone dies, you know, they're not they're not doing the bad things anymore that you're so scared of. So why not give, you know, calm down, give them some kind of reverence, be kind towards their soul yeah yeah i i agree with you 100 percent. but we need to we need to solve the problems on the on the ground first before yeah we we solve the ones after yeah well i think that's all we have to say about this thanks for listening if you have any information about this incident or any other incidents that we've spoken about please get in touch or if there's anyone in this field that you think we should talk to we would love to hear from you
Goodbye. Bye.